I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to BrewCast on the Maze Brew Podcast Network. I am Luke Yardy, joined as always by Anthony Brewman, Chris Castellani. Well, not always. Anthony, good to have you back here this week, man. It was lonely without you. Not going to lie, but I, I hope you enjoyed your night off. Looked like you had a good time over there watching a little college hockey. Oh, yeah, you guys did fine. I, w- I wouldn't worry about me at all. Um, I got a couple pros with me. So, um, Side note, my dog is like super playful today. So if you happen to hear like, <laughs> it's not me. So <laughs> I would have thought for sure that was you. No, 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 it's not me. Not me. So that's all I have to say. It's good to be back. Uh, good to, you know, sometimes you just need a week to recharge the batteries and uh, consider these batteries recharged, I guess. Yeah, we definitely, definitely missed you. But uh, Chris, how you doing, man? I uh, want to say uh, again, congratulated you last week, but uh, congratulations on dropping the new podcast first episode here today, man. Has to feel pretty good. And uh, look at you, man. Busy B, back on another podcast. Uh, I I love it, man. No, I'm I'm keeping myself occupied because weird weird things happen to my brain when I'm when I'm bored and lazy. So it's uh it's it's wonderful to finally get this thing off the ground. When uh, we get to the end of this pod, I'll, I'll let everyone know where you can go listen to that. Uh, it's been it's been a good week, and I think I would say Anthony, you probably picked a good week to uh, take off last week because. Well, we've got a, a plethora of things to cover this week. I would say, out of nowhere. Uh, Michigan in a matter, Michigan Jawan Howard's crew in a matter of about a week. I mean, you could really say a couple weeks has gone from fringe tournament team to all of a sudden being a team that's fighting for a five spot potentially and is in uh, is currently in the top twenty five in both polls. So I would say 
as I said in one of my post games, we have uh, an A plus week of Michigan basketball to talk about here. And as much as some people might enjoy our misery, I think it's it's neat that uh, this team, which has had uh, quite a few ups and downs, uh, is is starting to peak uh, at a very good time. Man, watching that Purdue game on Saturday, there were times that. I legit felt bad for Purdue, as weird as that sounds, because they could not get a good look. This Michigan defense came to play Saturday, and it was a, a beautiful thing to watch. It was like you, Luke Yaklich was back on the bench coaching up this defense, man. I, I remember one point in the second half, Purdue like hit a three to cut it to 11, and Mackey Arena was going nuts. Like they had just tied the game. They right. had a three to cut it to 11. I was like, oh my God, like this is pure domination. I'm still a little worried about the free throws. Chris, yeah. you made a good point on it uh, on Twitter on Saturday that while it hasn't really, you know, uh, affected them as of late, you know, especially last year with the Texas Tech game, but uh, I still am a little bit worried about that. But man, this defense really starting to come together and it's been a lot of fun to watch this team. No, it, it really has. And, and I think. Of all the things that Juwan has done as a coach this year, and I think Phil Martelli as well has had a, had a big part in this, uh, the improvements defensively have been uh, a, a huge, uh, have been a lot of fun to watch because there are, when you look at this team, the flaws are very apparent. And we've talked about them many times. Uh, outside of Isaiah Levers, who's, who hasn't been. Uh, healthy for a large portion of this year. Obviously, that's no fault of his own, but outside of him, you don't have guys who uh, really are that consistent of scores. Uh, Wagner hopefully is starting to come into his own here, played a phenomenal game on both ends on Saturday, but uh, you know, inconsistent scoring, you have trouble at the free throw line, not a great shooting team, but I think the way that they've turned up their defense over these last couple games has been... Um, extremely admirable and has been the biggest reason why we've seen this turnaround. And as great as that game was on Saturday, um, you know, going into Mackey arena, always a tough place to play Purdue. while down this year, still a, a tough opponent as has been every uh, road opponent that uh, Michigan has played thus far in the big 10 season outside of probably Northwestern. Um, I thought the game they played against Rutgers outside of the Gonzaga game was maybe my favorite game game they've played so far this season. And I think it showed that they're this team, despite all their flaws, ha- they are all in there. You don't get any impression that there's anyone on this team who is uh, uh, uncomfortable or unhappy or unhappy with the role they're playing on this basketball team. And I thought down nine against Rutgers in the second half, in all honesty, like once we heard Isaiah livers was going to be out for that game, I think collectively, all of us kind of felt like, well, there's as much as you want to see a win, as much as we hope they win, there's not a whole lot of shame in losing this game. They won't, it won't necessarily affect their tournament resume. And when they were down nine, it seemed like that's why where they were headed. And they were able to get contributions by guys who a whole lot of people, including myself, had started to see as afterthoughts. I mean, Colin Castleton coming off the bench, giving him some great minutes. Uh, DeJulius, who's far from an afterthought, but played a phenomenal game. And I just thought defensively, the job that DeJulius and Eli Brooks did on Geo Baker in that second half was uh, fantastic. I think this team, which is going to be a team that's going to continue to struggle offensively, but is going to also be a basketball team that a whole lot of teams aren't going to want to play 
come March because they have the ability, much like the last year's team and much like especially the 2018 team did, the ability to shut you down on the defensive end for 40 minutes. Yeah, it's been impressive. And the defense, for as much as we talked about, this team is screwed without Isaiah Livers, yada, yada, yada. They were, this group was 11 and eight at one point. So not only were, you know, the turt like tournament hopes were a big question mark a couple weeks ago. And now like they could lose every single game from here on out and still be probably a 10 or 11 seed. Right. They're in like there, there's no question about that. And you got, you look like we talked about Isaiah livers. You thought that with him being out again, you're like, okay, well, you know, he's, he's out at Rutgers. We can afford to see, they can afford to lose this game comes back Saturday, get a win at Purdue and everything will be okay. They got the win without him, and, right. and they got both wins. And he obviously he played Saturday. For as important as he is, you know he's a 50-40-90 guy. He's he's been terrific offensively, but the defensive effort that he brings, I think, really just him being on the floor in general. And we've talked about this before. I think it raises the level of play of everyone. I mean, it's not he could put up. Uh, zeros in the the stat. I mean, okay, this is probably a little severe, like a little overstating it, but he could have a pretty bad game stat wise, but him just being out there is probably worth 10 to 12 points for them uh, just by being out there. So it's one of those things where, you know, right now you look at the bracketology stuff coming out. Um, I'm seeing a lot of five seeds still may a few sixes, a few fours here and there. Like there's there are scenarios in play where and I, they're they're only what a game out of second or third place right. in the Big Ten at this point. Like there are scenarios in play where if they let's just say they win three of the last four and win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, I would not be surprised if this was a four seater. You know, I think some people are being a little um, optimistic with saying they can get up to a three. Yeah, I, I don't see that. But if you can get yourself into that four five or that five seed or four seed range. Um, I kind of like where you're, where you're at there because it would almost feel like, and obviously the, the committee is going to weigh things in terms of they're not necessarily going to judge you based on what you did when your players were injured. We've seen that before with teams, but if this team's a five seed, they probably, and everyone say, Oh, I don't want to be a five. Cause you don't want to be the 12, five upset. That hasn't happened. Like I think, five seeds have won like 17 of the last 20 of those games. I'm not worried about that. Um, you'd have to think though, to be in that situation, the way that we've seen them play when they're at full strength this year, and now they're playing defense, forget like they're still having problems shooting the basketball, but when you play defense the way that they do every night, these last, you know, 10 games, really it's been really since the Penn state game, which is, one of the more questionable effort games I've seen from them, forget this year, but you know, in the last five to 10 years, I mean, they use that as a turning point and they've been tremendous since then. And, and, you know, if you're talking about this team as a five, a possible five seed in the NCAA tournament, that's one of the more, the more underseeded teams in the field uh, as far as I'm concerned. So I know people want to see him move up. You'd love to see him go up as high as they can, but I think this team, you know, they're, they're dangerous and, and they're playing, the best basketball of the season right now. And, and I'll, I'll real quick, and I'll let you jump in here, Luke. But I, I do just want to say one, another thing that even I I didn't know this about Isaiah Livers. I we knew obviously he's you know his incredible score, good good shooter. 
I didn't know he was as automatic from the free throw line as uh, J- until Jason Benetti pointed it out on Saturday. And, and he tried to curse it. He, yeah. he desperately did. But no, I mean, that livers was money. And it, of all the things, I mean, that he brings, they were 7-15, 7 for 15 from the foul line, and he was 8 for 8. I mean, everybody else was below 50%. I mean, that is a a a massive upgrade, a massive advantage to have a guy very similar to what Duncan Robinson was two years ago. He was their saving grace in, in that uh, you know in that Elite Eight game against Florida State. They were clanking some free throws, but if you have one guy who can make ninety percent from the free throw line, massive advantage. Luke, uh, go ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, that uh, that stat surprised the hell out of me, man. I I had no idea, so I'm right with you, Chris. But well, the other thing I mean, about that too. It's, sorry, I know, I know. Luke needs to talk, but all eight of those free throws that he made came in the last minute 23 of the game. Right. When things were starting to get not tight, but questionably tight. So, okay, I'm done. Like, but you take a look at that game. Michigan played terrible offensively against Purdue. Yes. They, like, Purdue they, they shot them. Yeah, they shot worse from three than Purdue did. They shot six of 25 for 24%. Purdue shot four of 16 for 25%. It was the 12 turnovers by Purdue compared to Michigan's just three turnovers. You know, that's a credit to Xavier Simpson because we've seen at times he gets a little loose with it. But in a game like that, when you're not shooting the ball well, every possession matters. And they're really coming around on that, man. And if they can win ugly like that, that's just going to get better come March because we know when they shoot the ball well, they're almost, they're close to impossible to beat. I mean, they beat Gonzaga handily when they shot the ball well. That not too many teams in the country that can do that. So I'm I'm a little optimistic if they continue to play this way. But like Chris said, this is a big week for Michigan basketball. So when you take a look, Wisconsin Thursday and Ohio State on Sunday, like what's the realistic expectation? Win against Wisconsin, loss against Ohio State. Are we feeling confident they can get two wins here this week? Like what are you guys feeling here? Um, I think that they should beat Wisconsin, um, unless Brad Davidson goes all like Tanya Harding and uh, busts someone's kneecap with a lead pipe or whatever <laughs> he does. Um, I think they should beat Wisconsin. It's one of the. It's another one of those weeks to me, kind of like last week here, where you go, all right. Well, if you can just find a way to split, you know, you go one and one. Anything right. more than one and one is gravy. Uh, Ohio State's starting to play better. They beat Maryland uh, over the weekend. They're starting to shoot the ball pretty well. Um, I wouldn't hold it against them if they lost that game on Sunday. Um, but you look at these last four regular season games that they have. They play Wisconsin at home. They go to Ohio State. They play Nebraska at home. Then they end uh, the regular season at Maryland. They will beat Wisconsin and Nebraska. So there's your 20 right there. So kind of looking at these last four games, you just get those two. We're good. Um, and then if you could split one of the road games, that's even better. Uh, and then I think the main goal is, and it's not entirely in their hands because we've seen how chaotic this conference is. You want in this year's big 10 tournament, the double buy. If you have any, if you want any chance of winning this thing, I think you really should be gunning for a double buy because I think that, I think this is a year that it's crazy enough to where I could see a team that plays on Wednesday night playing into Friday, probably not Saturday, but maybe into Friday. Yeah. But to win, what what would it be? Four games in four days is just, uh, or for, if you're a Wednesday team, five games in five days. Mm. That's, I got to, if you want to make some noise and, and maybe 
grab some hardware here uh, in a a pretty good tune-up for what March Madness is going to be like. Michigan's like like if you could find a way to get one of those top four seeds, I mean that would be that'd be an incredible turn of events. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you wind up playing on um, on Thursday, but if you can get to Friday, like that's that's a pretty darn good spot to be in. Chris, what uh, do you think? Uh, no, I mean I'm with you completely. Uh, I think that uh, this week you just gotta gotta try to find a way to split Ohio State has had a one of the strangest seasons of, of recent memory. You know, they started off, got you number two in the country, went through a an abysmal slide where they like they lost like five, six games in a row. Um, and now uh, they find themselves hitting their stride again, kind of gave a lot of teams hope yesterday by beating Maryland. So I think in terms of this upcoming week, just earning a split would be great. Wisconsin isn't anything special. I know they beat Rutgers yesterday, but um, – I, I like Michigan's chances, especially if they can continue to defend the way that they have. I look, we've seen uh, four out of four wins in four days happen here before. Um, that we've seen it happen under uh, extraordinary circumstances in 2017. We saw it happen uh, in 2018 with a team that was better than a five seed in that tournament, and they were playing better than a five seed. I think with the way, uh, also with this team, I think that to win the big 10 tournament this year or to even make it to the finals of the big 10 tournament, they're going to have to have a game where they shoot well above where they typically do. And I think the odds of doing that uh, more than once greatly diminish. If you have to play four games in four days, if it's just three, I could see them in one of those days, you know, really hitting their shots. Uh, and one, and one advantage as well though, is that weirdly and, you know, small sample size. Michigan has been very good on neutral neutral floors this year, um, which is something that, at the very least, shows that this is a team that is not uh, is not afraid of the moment. They might play uh, they might play weaker on the road, but we've also seen them lay some duds at home as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I stand on that. All righty, well. Michigan basketball, we're going to be keeping an eye on it. And the final push down the regular season is coming up. Coming up next, though, we got to switch to football. Michigan, big news uh, coming from them here today. Keep it here on Brewcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back into Brewcast, Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, and Chris Castellani hanging out with you on a Monday night, headed into Tuesday here. And Monday, uh, the news dropped that Michigan spring trip canceled for Michigan football, uh, fear of coronavirus, they cited as the reasoning here. And uh, Anthony, I know you had some takes on this. I saw your uh, tweet about this and there's been a very outspoken group of fans that want Michigan to not go on a spring trip because they hate the fact that it's good for the kids or something like that. But uh, <laughs> what, what was your first uh, thought when you saw this news? Um, it sucks for them. Uh, Cause there's, I mean, a class of, I mean, it, there's a class of freshmen that won't get to go. And some of the, a lot of those guys have been on, you know, the first three trips that they've done. It's not, it's not a big deal to me. I don't think that they – it's never been something I felt they needed to do. I've always thought it's pretty cool. Um, it has never really interfered with spring football. I'll tell you what, it, like, that's the thing. Like, with Michigan football on the field, you know, we, we talk about the gap with Ohio State and some of the struggles in big games. Michigan didn't lose a game at Wisconsin and at Penn State last year and, and to Ohio State because they went on a spring break trip. right. They went because they weren't prepared all that well, and they didn't play very good. Um, and that's whether they go on a spring break trip or not. There's enough of a sample size there to be like, hey, this is kind of just how things are uh, when the going gets tough. Um, I'll tell you what's more of a concern to me, and I don't want to take this topic off the rails already. There are a couple of crystal ball picks on Monday afternoon that went to Donovan Edwards, who is, I believe the number three, I think he's number two or number three in the country, the running back out of West Bloomfield. People are starting to crystal ball him to Ohio state. And if that, let's just say you look at him and you look at, um, at uh, Damon Payne, the defensive tackle, another kid from the in-state who's trending towards the Buckeyes, this recruiting class that they have, or that the state of Michigan has, has, I believe, five top 100 kids and and if you're Michigan you're looking to clean up there because we talk about well look at all look at the gap in talent between top 100 talent between them and Ohio State and you know most recently Alabama when you have those guys in your own state you have to find a way to you know to use the Rutgers New Jersey term fence the garden fence the state so to speak and if they're to lose those two guys to Ohio State Presumably because, and I've had, this is not me speculating. I've had people tell me this. There is a serious concern among, I won't call it a concern, but there are people close to some of these top in-state prospects who are just like, we're, we're wondering if they want us or not. They're not, Hmm. they're not recruiting us very hard. Um, Ohio state is in on Donovan Edwards often. I'd imagine it's the same with a lot of these guys um, that they're up against. And not that anyone from Michigan's listening to this. If they are, I'm t- maybe this is the first time you're hearing this. I don't know. <laughs> it would be, it would be a mistake to, to think that just because we're your 
close to some of these top prospects that they're just down the road. Oh, they can come visit anytime. They know where we are. That doesn't like you you have to put the work in. And it seems like there is a there is chatter out there that I have heard and I don't I don't report stuff and I don't have breaking news, but I talk to enough people to where I'm like a lot of the things I've heard are matching up from more than a few people. So, you know, we talk about spring break trips. We talk about it, it. It sort of bothers me that they won't do an actual spring game anymore. I don't know if it's because of injuries or they're trying to keep things close to the vest. Like, listen, for as, as secretive as this, that football program is, and it's, they refer to that building as Fort Schembechler for a reason. People kind of seem to have them figured out, right? So, are are we starting to lose confidence a little bit? I won't. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to try. People say I complain too much, and, and I am, am negative on here. So, but, but this temper- feels like a this feels like a legit cause for concern because I there has been some outrage about this today. You know what? Yeah, I, I'm concerned by it. I, I think that it's there. Just seems to be a throw your hands up and up. Oh, well. You can't beat the cheaters. We're going to do things the right, right way, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I don't want to pile on because I think that – I do think despite how last season went, they made an appropriate amount of changes that suggest that they might be able to figure this thing out. But it really irks me. And maybe this – if it uh, if it sounds like one of those Peter Griffin, you know what really grinds my gears segments, it, it maybe it is. Um Michigan's football's problems are mostly self-inflicted. And this is to me like, and it, listen, from their point of view, if Donovan Edwards doesn't want to come, I get it. They're like, do you want to be here or not? Okay. You don't want to be here. Fine. Go. I think that's kind of the attitude they've taken in some of these situations, especially with some of, you know, some of the assistant coaching things that have gone on and um, NFL draft decisions and transfers, whatever. But I just, there's really is kind of a laissez-faire approach. And it's, if you're a Michigan football fan, I get why you're upset. And I think, you know, something that, and again, I'm trying not to rant you guys. Will, this is probably my final word on this thing. Anyways, you look at, you know, we're covering baseball and softball. We're doing basketball and, and, you know, Jay Winkler does the non-revenue stuff. All of these different teams that we've been writing about and covering are competing for and in the mix for big 10, big 10 championships. The football team, the flagship program of this of that school, is not. And if you're bothered by that, heading into you know year six of this operation, listen. After two years, three years, I I was I get it. But after five or six years, if you're irked by it and and your complacency is setting in with you, I think you have the right to feel that way because a lot of the tea leaves that you see, a lot of these breadcrumbs that are out there they don't suggest that this is a program ready to turn, you know, to really take, start taking it to Ohio state. In fact, it's kind of going the opposite direction and that's, that's bothersome. Okay. Uh, you, you just opened a a major can of worms there. So I, I, I'm going (laughs) to respond real quick and say, just as I want to do. Right. No, which is fine. And and I, I, that you You didn't think we were actually going to talk about the spring break trip. Did you? Right. Well, I'll cover it just for a second right. and say uh, the trip itself, I've never had a problem with. I never had a problem with anyone, no. or any athlete or any non-athlete in college. 
wanting to travel and, and, you know, and enjoy, you know, seeing the world. I think it's very cool what Michigan does. The uh, exposure to it, which is not their fault, uh, has been annoying at times. You know, Marty Smith riding around on a Vespa with Jim Harbaugh, uh, I thought was, was a, a bit, uh, was a bit annoying at points, but that's, that's all ESPN and media, you know, exposure stuff that, that doesn't bother me. Um, in terms of what you just said, the only thing that comes to mind and uh, is that I remember after the Wisconsin uh, pounding, especially last year, there were a lot of people who brought up that they felt like the the fire, uh, the fiery attitude, the the po- I can't possibly lose uh, mentality uh, that Jim Harbaugh had with the Niners and with Stanford, and that he had in his first couple of years here. There were a lot of people who felt like that was was missing or gone. And I think between the three of us, we kind of came to the agreement that that's not true. He might not have be as prone to the sideline outbursts that uh, we've seen that he was used to in his, in his first couple of years here and in his time in the NFL. But that does not mean that he no longer had that, uh, you know, in, I hate losing attitude that he became known for. But with that said, I think it's possible especially when you look at a guy like James Franklin and you look at a guy like Ryan Day, those guys strike me as recruiting animals. Guys who who are on the front lines, who are constantly getting in these guys' ear, talking to them, saying, we want you here, we need you here. And I do wonder if perhaps Harbaugh, who I believe is substantially older than both the guys I just mentioned, is starting to lose a step a little bit in the... Uh, in the nonstop world of college football and the nonstop need to constantly be recruiting, uh, maybe that part of his, of his coaching game is starting to slide a little bit. Now I I want people to understand Michigan football will always recruit well, and they still have a very solid uh, recruiting class here coming in over the next several years. But uh, as a measuring stick to Ohio state, which is going to be who we measure this team up to forever. Uh, it's very apparent that they've fallen behind and are continuing to fall behind. And yes, that is admittedly uh, worrisome because they, uh, uh, pending a miracle, they will not win this game unless they can even come close to uh, preserving the amount of talent on the field that Ohio State has been able to bring in over the last several years. It's just a fact. It's a kind of the cold hard truth, isn't it? Yeah. And it is it's it's a bit discouraging when you take a long look at it. And that's a good point, Chris, is that um Jim Harbaugh he may not have lost that fire, that will to win, but like Anthony mentioned, man, he's not really recruiting his own backyard. Remember the hype uh, the year like Donovan Peoples Jones's class and Ambry Thomas's class, the top five prospects in Michigan, all went to Michigan. That was the big saying: the best players in the state of Michigan they go right. to Michigan. And honestly, this is another chance to do it, but it's not looking like it's been a priority. And how much does losing Chris Partridge, you know, kind of hurt that? And losing yeah. these assistant coaches and stuff like that, you know, um, I don't know. And I, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be at Michigan for the long haul. So uh, what are we, are we just kind of hoping that it turns around? I'm thinking right now. 
Yeah, I mean, we're hoping it turns around, or we gotta hope on that something weird, whether it be a coaching change, and and you hate to wish for this, but I mean, that it's whether it be a coaching change or uh, that's the thing about the the coaching change, like people, oh god. Maybe they have a shot when Urban Meyer gets out of there, and then Ryan Day comes in and exactly smacks right. Around. Yeah, like, or, or, yeah. Either that, or some sort of violation or suspension uh, that will prevent this this uh, bullet train from uh, continuing to steamroll Michigan year in and year out. Yeah, and I think the thing of it is too. I mean, there is there is a definite gap when you look at recruiting rankings. Like nobody can yeah. dispute that. Uh, and I think behind closed doors, and I think that we've talked about this on here before, there are people inside the building at Michigan that believe, oh, you know, we we feel like we're as talented. Like players have outright said it after they've lost to Iowa State. We feel we're as talented or more talented than them. Just a couple plays here and there hurt us. That may be very true. And that's to a certain extent, maybe, you know, if, if that is true, maybe even more worrisome. Because I think that when you look at – you know, you look at the laundry list of things that separates Michigan football right now from, you know, this ever. It seems the gap is starting to expand more and more between these five or six teams that have been making the college football playoff and then everybody else. Michigan, it just like Brian Day and James Franklin and and some of these other guys. And I'm not calling into question anyone's ability at Michigan to do their job, but they just keep, it seems like they just keep getting outworked. And that's, you know, whether it be on the recruiting trail, whether it be preparation during the week, whether it be during a game, whether it be poised in critical moments, uh, Michigan is lacking there. And I, I don't, I don't know who else that goes towards, but the head coach. And I'm not like, I'm not saying to fire the guy and I'm not saying that he stinks and they needed to blow everything up, but we you just talked about it. Maybe when Ohio State has a coaching change, they'll figure things out. Well, that didn't happen. And then now it's, well, maybe once they get a star quarterback, they'll figure things out. I don't know, guys. I don't know what the answer is anymore. Um, you know, at some point, there needs to be a group of players as well that say, you know what? This isn't acceptable anymore. We're not going to jump off sides during a punt. We're not going to fumble the ball uh, inside the goal line. We're not going to drop the interception that could turn the tide of a game. Um, those are plays that matter and things that have to happen. And like, like I said, it's all, I guess my point in all of this in, in kind of putting a bow on this topic in general is we talk, we've evaluated ad nauseum what the issues between Michigan and, and catching up to Ohio state are. And then this, we start hearing stuff like this with Donovan Edwards on Monday. Um, it doesn't really seem like things are getting a heck of a lot better. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, you know, I know that they take the attitude and there are fans that take the attitude of, you know, the guys who are meant to be here will be here and those who stay and yada, yada, yada. But um, I can't, you look at Payne and Edwards, Payne's a defensive tackle. Um, Edwards is a running back. Those are two pretty big positions of need in this recruiting class. And if you strike out on those guys and they were in your own backyard, that's a problem. Yep. It's a huge problem. And hopefully one that, that gets fixed. Obviously, there's a lot of time. Like we, we also need to throw that one out there. 
Oh know, yeah, that, the, 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 this is this does not mean that anyone's recruitment is done. Like right. they could still pull something off. Listen, like um, West Bloomfield, where Donovan Edwards is from, is coached by Ron Bellamy. He's a Michigan guy, so right. The the ingredients are still there for this to happen, but when you hear some of the things like you know like the crystal balls and then the stuff I've been hearing the last few weeks about um, questions about maybe the effort or interest on the trail, um, it doesn't help inspire confidence. But yeah, there is there is still plenty of time. The sky is not falling, but uh, you know, throw some cold water on the uh, the good basketball vibes that we open the show with. Well, well, that's but that's the thing too is man, like you take news like this and you juxtapose it to what Jawan Howard is doing on the recruiting trail. And that I think adds to the frustration a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It does for sure. Um, Let me, we forgot. I didn't cross check this in the moment, but uh, Jim Harbaugh is 56. Ryan day is doing this live. So Ryan day is 40. And who was the other one? James Franklin that we James Franklin 45, maybe 48. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, there's uh, but an energetic guy. So right. it's like he's like forty eight going on like thirty eight kind of right. right. Um, and then you've got you know who who knows how long PJ Flex sticks around at Minnesota. So that's um, another one. You know it's it, it's the program. <laughs> yeah, a troublesome, worrisome, <laughs> bothersome, something, some. I don't know. Um, this program in a lot of ways will always sell itself. But you have to sell – like, let's be honest here. So this, this class of 2021 kids were born in what, 2004, 2005, 2003? Michigan doesn't want a Big Ten title since 2004. So these, a lot of these kids grew up watching, you know, these – the Brady Hoke teams, the Rich Rod teams, the um, – some of these Harbaugh teams now. So it's getting harder and harder to sell the optimism that, that they're even close to making a trip to Indy. So – I don't know. Um, what's the next thing that we wait for? We talked about the coaching changes. We talk about, oh, we need a star quarterback. What is, is it? Uh, we need the playoff to expand. Expand is that the next one? I, I don't. I don't know. I'm out yeah. of. I'm out of. I didn't expect to have this conversation on February 24th, but I I have zero answers. It's not any clearer to me than it was uh, two months ago. If anything, it's a little more cloudy. Mm, yes much more yes for sure but so yeah sorry to end on the down note if you're still yeah. here with us uh didn't turn us off or leave us a bad review thanks for that but yeah we, uh, we apologize that this happened but it's also a conversation that you know it, it's interesting and I, I think it's worth being had to be honest with you yeah um would be doing a disservice to not bring that up i think exactly so. well we'll leave it at that then I guess, unless you guys have anything more you need to add. Um, just a suggestion about something. Um, in the last week or so, we've seen some pretty ugly and, and uh, damning reports come out about how the University of Michigan has handled uh, potential sexual assault cases. And, and I'm not really going to get into that. All I'll say is that this is why you don't use those things as ammo. Like when you talk about Michigan fans kind of prodding and poking at Michigan state for what had gone on there. Like this is why you kind of don't touch that. Um, and, and I don't think fans should really 
get involved in, in stuff like this. Uh, it's horrible. It's I don't know what else to say there, but uh, don't don't weaponize sexual assault. It's it's not funny and it's not cool. So. Mm-hmm. All righty, Chris, where can we find you on social media and let us know all about the new podcast, man? Will do. Well, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. There you'll find uh, the links to all my stuff, my uh, current podcast, uh, Locked on Tigers, uh, which began uh, today, or I guess if you're listening to this uh, on Tuesday, began yesterday. Um, during the off season, we'll be doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. The links to that are going to be found on my Twitter. You can also find that on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I guess just searched up, search uh, Locked On Tigers or Locked On Detroit Ti- Tigers. It'll come up right away. My Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle. And if you want to see me update my Instagram story with the occasional photo as well, posted onto that app that you can find me there. That's Chris Castle 95. That's C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E 95. Please follow me on all those platforms and go on iTunes and subscribe. All right, Anthony, where can we find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Anthony T. Broom. I just hit 6,000 followers. So that's pretty neat. Nowhere near. Humble brag. Uh, no, it's not a brag seeing as the guy that went before me has like three times that much, but, um, (laughs) times that many. Um, so that's cool. I appreciate people following me, um, or just muting me and being polite about it. That's fine too. Um, the stats, stats are stats. Don't lie, baby. Um, Mm -hmm. so you can follow me there. Follow the website at maze and brew. Um, no, we haven't been doing daily podcasts here, but still posting plenty of stuff during the week. Uh, so subscribe to Maze and Brew Podcast, iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening, putting up with us. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. I don't have 6,000 followers. I've got about 260, but it's a nice little niche. Uh, you can, can we also. Get, can we get you to that? Can we get to, can we get this guy to 1,000? Oh, please. Yeah, that seems, seems like a tall task. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But we can also be awesome to also get the Brewcast Show Twitter page to a thousand. Follow us at Brewcast Show. We, we like to do some polls. Chris and I talked about a poll last week. Uh, I want to get some more polls done with that, especially it's a lot of fun as we get into tournament time and whatnot. But uh, follow those on Twitter, and that's going to do it for us. Please subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast by searching Maze of Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And we'll be back soon with another uh, episode or another podcast from Mesa Brew Podcast, and we'll be back next week with a new edition of Brewcast. So for Chris Castellani and Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week.